mouth of the sound, Jimmy Hart. Hey, check out my new tag team, baby, Money and the Pharaoh. Hey, Jimmy, don't forget to tell them about Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast. Well, you know what I would, but you already did it. Money and the Pharaoh. With Money and Pharaoh. The Monty and Pharaoh show. Monty and Pharaoh, bro. Monty and the Pharaoh. Monty and the Pharaoh. Monty and the Pharaoh. The Monty and Pharaoh show. And you're watching the Monty and Pharaoh show. Monty and the Pharaoh. With Monty and the Pharaoh. 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 Monty and Pharaoh. Was it Monty and the Pharaoh? And Monty and the Pharaoh. Oh, is it Monty and the Pharaoh? Yeah. Monty and Pharaoh. Dad. The Monty and the Pharaoh show. Monty and the Pharaoh. To the Monty and the Pharaoh show. And it's Monty and the Pharaoh, baby. Monty and the Pharaoh. With Monty and the Pharaoh. Monty and the Pharaoh. Oh, what a run. Monty and the Pharaoh. Monty and the Pharaoh. Hey, cut the fucking music. When you want the best in professional wrestling, Long Island, there's only one place you're going to get it. Right here, Monty and the Pharaoh. <laughs> now, that's not just the coolest, and that's not just the best. That, my friends, is just <laughs> incredible. <laughs> Monty and the Pharaoh. You've got the future Hall of Famer, that rocker, Marty Gennetti, MJ in the house, and I'm sitting here with two more future Hall of Famers, Monty and the Pharaoh. We're doing that stuff and we're going to rock it. Monty and the Pharaoh. Monty and the Pharaoh. Duh. Welcome back to Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast, Monty Nefaro, seen only here out of Indie Music TV every Thursday from 9 to 10 p.m. out of Ron Conkham in New York. Always want to welcome our producer, Matt. How are you today, buddy? How are you? Great as always. And to the right is probably the greatest co-host oh, yeah. in the history of pro wrestling. In the history. The star yeah. of the show. Of course. Mr. Jimmy Farrow. Jimmy, what's going on, brother? Oh, just hanging in, uh, doing about as well as our New York Yankees lately. Yeah. How you doing? What's up with that? Uh, what our baseball team yeah. evaporating? Yeah. <laughs> Quite a few things. Think you really want to? By the way. Yeah, yeah. You really want to get me started? Yeah, sure. This uh, this next generation of uh, great Yankees that we were really hoping and praying would be the next great crop after all those wonderful years with guys like Jeter and Prasada and Rivera and Bernie Williams and Andy Pettit and oh my God, please Mariano Rivera, please. So many greats that we were able to enjoy over the years. Well, this Aaron Judge and, oh, God. Gary Sanchez. Gary Sanchez and the rest of them there. Gleyber Torres. You know, I've been looking at these batting averages. First of all, Aaron Judge is never healthy, ever. He's never healthy. So how can you bank on someone who's never there? You know, he's always hurt. So, you know, it's nice that he hit 50 home runs two years ago. What have you done lately? Mm. You know, Gary Sanchez is living off the rep of his first two years. The guy's hitting 125. Mike, i got to be honest, man. If I gave you 100 at-bats, you, 
I bet you, you might be able to hit a buck. You think? I think you could get one hit in every ten at-bats by accident. Maybe. You might be right. The guy's hitting 125. This is the next Munson and Posada? Oh, oh boy. Come to this speak is... of that, though, but they're still getting paid. Yeah, they still are, aren't they? So is Life is screaming rough. that the Yankees should get their money back? <laughs> no. No, right? Life is rough. We're all the, you know, you know. we're all those you matter know, of fact, I, out Matter there. of fact, I encourage Gary Sanchez to go out and do a commercial for, for weenies because he's the ultimate weenie I've seen lately. Yeah, you're right. You know? You're right. It's you funny know? how, the, you know, whatever, dude. It's, it's awful. You know, They're awful. But do you think that they just don't care being it's cold? Oh, I don't know. That I don't know. I can't gauge the uh, temperature of the clubhouse, but right. I am definitely feeling a who gives a flip It's attitude. funny, though. First 10 games, it's like, who could beat the Yankees? Right. It's like, what happened? They're awful. Their batting averages are all horrendous. Uh, they have invested too much time in guys who are hurt all the time. Giancarlo Stanton is MIA. Oh, my God. His entire is... Yankee It's like watching Carl Pavano with a baseball bat. He's never around. He's never around. Why have him? Well, speaking of uh, people, just today, WWE Hall of Famer Gerald Briscoe says, Vince McMahon released him from the WWE. And here's a statement, Farrell. Hmm. Okay, want to get this out right away. Last night I received a call from the WWE, Vincent Kennedy McMahon, mm-hmm. to let me know that after 36 years of dedication to the WWE, oh, okay. I am no longer needed. Right. I'm okay with this. Right. I will still be around to help talent. More info will follow. Thanks. He's okay with this? Then why did he have to word it that way? After 36 years of dedication, I am no longer needed? I'm okay with this. Did I like ask, 70, wait a minute. Did I ask you if you're okay with this? The guy's like 70 this? something years old, too, right? I think that he had a very blessed life. I think so. I would think so. And again, if it's a charity case and he feels that, look, he's, he wants to keep working, you know, I don't, you know, again, it's sometime you it know, ends. But doesn't, doesn't it? but doesn't language count for anything? After 36 years of working for Vince McMahon, yeah. couldn't he have said. Why does it have to be made out this way? I am no thank lo- you for the 36 When years. you write, I am no longer needed, I see the, the shoe kicking yeah, in the ass. Absolutely. I'm like, what are you talking about? You worked there for 36 years. It's not thank you for the 36 years. Apparently not. It's. Uh, I guess he wanted another car or boat when he was being let go. I, mean, I don't know what the I problem think, I think Vince took care of Gerald, right? I think so. He bought... You know, he bought Georgia championship. But wait a minute, how do we know? We're, we're, you know, how do we know? We're, we don't know. Anything. We don't know anything. I guess I guess we know guess, as much as I'm the guys guessing. who are convicting Vince McMahon. Let's be that's, honest. You're right. You're, so what true. are we talking about? Well, here? I got one thing I do know. It's, it was a hell of a 36 year run for a guy of Gerald. Six years of employment. Yeah, that was, that's, that's a long awesome. time, dude. That's all, and I'm sure the paychecks were, were yeah. very nice. So I will I say this is a, I, I do know yeah, something. I will say this is a positive thing. Some wrestlers are very appreciative of his time there. He helped a lot of them. So you know. It's a shame that they let him go, but obviously it was time. And I'm not so thrilled with the way that, you know, I am no longer needed. I'm okay with this. Why didn't you just say you parted ways and thank you for a glorious 36 yeah, years? Thank you, Vince, for feeding my family for 36 uh, years. You know, thank whatever. you, Vince, I guess for it's giving me the a wording. million dollars for Georgia Championship. Me and my brother, the million wow. dollars for Georgia Championship Wrestling. Wow. Thank you, Vince. Thank you, Vince. Nah. No, instead... I am no longer needed. No, you're not. You're 73 <laughs> oh, years old. Take a hike. I don't even think it's about the age. I'm sure at this point, 
He just wasn't functioning at a point where they felt they needed to keep him around I'd anymore. Take a hike, Briscoe. <laughs> <laughs> the hell out of here. So long, Jerry. Uh, Wait, he wasn't even world champ like his brother. See it, Gerald. Uh, what are you going to do? What, I'd like to expecting th- love and roses. Come on, this is Monty and the Pharaoh. I anyway. would like to thank the band that sings the theme uh, song yeah. for Monty and the Pharaoh. Jimmy Farrow with his band, Wisteria Hall, uh, along with his partner, Bart Griggs. <laughs> Hope you go easier um, than we did on Gerald. <laughs> Wisteria Hall sings such great I know, right? No one's, please no one's say something. Please now. say something nice, will you? Right? Wisteria Hall song now. What? Make those fun jerks, of Gerald. Those jerks! They should do disco. Wisteria Hall sings <laughs> our theme song, Riding High," which is getting a lot of hits on the internet right now. Yeah. So if anyone's Thank heard it, go out and get it. It's an awesome it song. Yeah. Uh, you know, you just have to download it. It's not like you have to get out of your house. I have to you're, pick up my COVID phone. Protected, yeah. right? You don't have to do anything. Just really? download COVID protected. The COVID to protected. Watch the video. Now that's a sales pitch. <laughs> hey, you won't get COVID. Watch Wisteria Hall. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I watched it. <laughs> COVID. <laughs> what the fuck, bro? Check that. Check their other songs out. Is in my dreams. <laughs> this life, not far behind. Here comes the rain. You can find their music on Spotify, iTunes, and Reverb Nation. You know, by the way, I love the fact that here comes the rain. Like hits a soft spot in your your hokey exterior. Loved it. Get a load I of that. Love it, dude. Isn't that interesting? Love it. You know, it's about a girl that, that lives above, album, lives above well, a bar. We discussed this the other day. It's yeah. like uh, the other pretty. Show. It's a pretty record. It's a very pretty. Ain't, record. ain't it pretty? It's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Uh, what else you got here? With what that, is after thirty-six years of dedicated dedication, <laughs> so the king of the dog. Paper football. Monty DeFaro could be seen uh, on YouTube, terrible. Facebook Live on the Monty DeFaro page, iHeartRadio, Spotify, yeah. Anchor, Twitch TV, Monty DeFaro page, RTF Sports Network. Every Thursday from eight PM to nine PM, and every Tuesday from ten AM to eleven AM. Hmm. Channel one fifteen. That's right, channel one fifteen. Every Tuesday from eight thirty to nine PM. But I just got the new contract. Came over. Okay. They are moving us to 7 p.m. Okay. So. Wow. We're, I'm going to start. I, don't know if gonna, I, I think I'm going to miss Dr. Pass's gas. I know. We're, we're going to miss that guy. Isn't that? That was his name, yeah. right? Dr. Pass's Dr. gas. Pass's gas. Yeah, the dentist. Yeah. yeah. What are you going to do? The dentist who talks everything except teeth. And for early rises on Channel 15 every Saturday, 6 a.m. to 6.30. And on Friday on Channel 20, that's uh, Friday mornings. That's just a few hours from now from 1.30. It's 1.30, right? Yeah, Farrell time. Yeah, yeah 1.30 to 2 a.m. Yeah, perfect. perfect. All right, man. So um, our special guest, Mike Messier, is over on the world of the Internet. He's on the other line. Uh, we're going to open up with this, and we're going to go into Mike's video, hit a commercial, and then get Mikey on the air. Hmm. Hot on the pro wrestling news, uh, not that new, but Vince McMahon bans WWE performers from third-party platforms allegedly because one of the social, uh, one of the wrestlers had a side deal. Social media is abuzz with discussions of the WWE's new controversial order. As it, we reported earlier, the new order requires wrestlers to cease any association with third-party apps okay. like Twitch, Cameo, or YouTube within okay. 30 days. With this contract and a letter from Vince McMahon WWE claims it owns the ring names right. and the real names of wrestlers right it is pivotal for the WWE to take this step as the company goes into the next phase of growth hmm. all right so Mike Messier is on the other line we're going to play his video I'll come back for a commercial then we'll have pro wrestling expert Mike Messier live we'll be right back okay wrestling fans Michael AJ Norris is demanding other fans are demanding my thoughts, insights, perspectives on good old Vince McMahon trying to stop his independent contractors from having outside sources of income while under um, 
can you say even under contract with WWE? I mean, this is something that's been brewing for a long time. Vince might have just buried himself. Uh, you folks, you can Google or you can Wrestling Observer or you can, you know, Brian Alvarez or Brian Bruce Mitchell your way into the information of the facts. But if you just want my opinion, um, I think what's going on is that Vince, once again, is he 75 years old now? Um, just really just thinks of himself, I, I hate to use this analogy, but thinks of himself as an old time plantation owner. You know, he is from North Carolina and he has that control issue and that feeling that these wrestlers owe him their lives and their souls and uh, the kiss my ass club yes I know that storyline bullshit but just goes to show the mentality of this evil fuck Vince McMahon okay junior by the way um, so he wants to control their sources of income uh, and that's an old wrestling promoter axiom you know if the boys have enough have too much money then you don't control them that's why, you know, that story from the 80s of the Iron Sheik getting, you know, what was it, $800,000 a quarter for Iron Sheik action figure licensing. Um, and the Vince stepped in there and, and lowered their percentages of merch sales. So for all the fans that are up in arms because they're worried that Xavier Woods won't be able to up, up, down, down, down his way into your hearts every week or however that works. All I can say is you sell your soul, you join the meat puppet circus, and you're going to be treated like a meat puppet. A meat puppet! So, do I have great sympathy or compassion for these wrestlers? No. If the Dolph Zigglers or the Xavier Woods wanted to have a set of balls in their trunks, they could have fucking left the WWE when the leave-in was good. Okay? They could be on AEW Dynamite. They could be on uh, Impact. They could have gone somewhere else to find their fortune, grow a set of balls in their pants, but they decided to stick around with Vince. Now they pay the fucking price. And the price is your dignity. The price is you've got this guy who's, let's just be honest, he's bordering on senality, senality, uh, going insane and old and uh, senility. And uh, what the fuck? So if you are upset, if you got your goddamn panties in an uproar, Worried about these fucking wrestlers. A, worry about the people on the streets uh, protesting and rioting. Worry about the state of our country, the state of unrest, the political politics. Of course, it all ties into wrestling because guess who funds the Trump administration? Vincent Kennedy McMahon. So I, Jr., by the fucking way. So when I said uh, three years ago, if you support the WWE or NXT, you support Donald Trump. I was fucking right. And all you fucking fans who didn't listen to me, you're all uh, should be ashamed and should all live with your heads held down that I pointed out the obvious and you assholes rewarded my wonderful video with a bunch of thumbs down. Well, now you see your heroes, your Xavier Woods and your Alexa Blisses and your whoever the fucks getting treated like the meat puppets that they are. And I say, you get what you fucking get. You get what you deserve. So, Mike Messier, do I give a flying fuck about these wrestlers? No. They've lost my goddamned uh, faith a long time ago. I only have faith in myself and the Mike Messier YouTube subscribers. So please subscribe and join the fun. That's right, folks. Canine Corral for all your dog daycare and overnight care. Call 631-549-1544. That's 631-549-1544.
And APB, American Protection Bureau, voted number one best on Long Island for all your security needs. Call 631-390-9050. That's 631-390-9050. APB. You need a body shop? You need engine repair? Auto Excellence. Collision Specialists. 631-261-6420. That's 631-261-6420. Auto Excellence. All right, welcome back to Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast, Monty Nefaro, seen every Thursday, produced at Indie Music TV in Ron Conkham in New York. Again, to my right is the star of the show, Jimmy Farrow. And on the other line is Mr. Mike Messier. Mike, how are you, buddy? Thanks for joining the show. I'm doing great tonight, guys. And uh, tonight I wanted to dedicate you, uh, my... Mike there? My, I'm here. I'm here. Can you hear me? I hope Hello? there's somewhere. I'm here. I'm here. There he is. Hello? Okay, hold Hello? Yeah, yeah, for a second we couldn't, Mike. What's going on? Hey, guys, Hang can you see me? Second, can you hear Mike? me? Just want to make sure we're clear. What's going on? Hello? Hello? VMix, we've, we've got no problems. Oh, good news, fellas. What's that? Oh, everything's running smooth. I see you, Mike. Just want to see what the Just audio like sounds like. like a baby's like. butt. All right. Not an auspicious beginning. <laughs> Mike, you out there? Can you talk? Hello? Can you guys see me? Hello? 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 Wait Hello? Delayed too. Hello? Matt, can we go to commercial? Yeah. Hello? Jimmy, I gotta take a dump. What? No. I mean, I need a dumpster. <sighs> well, for all those needs, you need to call Big V Dumpster Rental, Long Island, New York, 631-900-DUMP. The Monty and the Pharaoh Show is brought to you by... Because wine is your second favorite four-letter word. California wine, New York attitude, good fucking wine. Yeah.
and Verola Worldwide Logistics for all your logistic needs. Please call 862-227-3670. Once again, that's 862-227-3670. Verola Worldwide Logistics. All right, guys, we're going to restart the stream. We apologize to the fans out there. We want to get Mike Messier. We're having some issues with the audio. All right, so bear with us. We'll be right back. Mike, is that you? I'm Mike Messier. Yes, <laughs> Mike, you are back. It's him, what it's, I, what I, it's kind of like the payoff of Savio Vega taking Shawn Michaels' place at the uh, <laughs> Royal Rumble 1998. Oh, maybe not that bad or that good, depending on how the show goes, but... It's good to be here, gentlemen. It most yeah. definitely is. It's Thanks, great man. to be have you, man. It's been a while. So it's been real about quick... a year, and I'm wearing the same T-shirt I wore the last time. Roadwear Hawk in Baltimore. You are, and you've got some yeah. uh, magnificent Morocco. Uh, oh wow! Statues going there. Nice. This is magnificent Morocco's birthday today, and uh, he was a guy that we all kind of enjoyed. I, I really enjoyed Morocco at the time. We didn't really appreciate the heels. Uh, as much as we should have but i mean his battles with uh everyone says jimmy snooker but i'd even put his battles with rocky johnson and um and bob backland ahead of the snooker feud Mm. myself was morocco your favorite wrestler no morocco was someone i i learned to become one of my uh, top four favorite wrestlers uh the others would be rick flair barry windham and brian pillman the original brian pillman that would be my personal four top uh singles guys but well, Morocco, at the time, I just hated him because he was a bad guy. That's all right. I knew. What what turned you on to Morocco, though? What was it about him? Well, I think if you uh, check out those interviews, um, you know, during the Snooker feud, the, the Rocky Johnson feud, I mean, Morocco looked like a guy who was coked out. He looked <laughs> like he was intense. <laughs> he was eating a, a meatball sandwich <laughs> when he's beating a jobber. He's dedicating pile drivers to Jesse Ventura at ringside. Um, I think the thing that kind of held Morocco back a little bit in our wrestling mid-80s lore is that when Roddy Piper came in, Piper was so damn good himself, but Piper was the new toy. Morocco kind of got demoted a couple of spots in the heel uh, lineup, so to speak. And um, by the time we got to WrestleMania 3 or just after WrestleMania 3, Morocco was put into a babyface role. wasn't really him, but he did it. And uh, I think Morocco's best work was like 81 to 83 in WWF. And if you look at stuff in Florida and Georgia before that, uh, Morocco turned Roddy Piper babyface twice. He did it once in Georgia with Gordon Soley, I think in 81 or 82. And he did it with uh, Piper in 86 in WWF. So, I mean, it takes a special type of heel to turn Roddy Piper from heel to a babyface. And that's who Don Morocco was. If I'm not, not mistaken... One of my favorite moments ever was is when Roddy Piper walked into that uh, ring and faced a heel Morocco and hit him with the roll of quarters. Absolutely, yeah. At and the Omni, just right? laid him out, and that place went absolutely ballistic. So, good point. I will, yeah. I will tell you, um, when Morocco did turn face, I kind of, I definitely wasn't into it. He was in great shape. 
He was definitely uh, hitting not the, a the gas hard. He's not you know a face. I mean? But he definitely wasn't a face. Some guys are just meant to be a certain way. Not everybody is what I call uh, character ambidextrous. You yes. know, uh, Don Morocco's just meant to be a bad guy. Like Greg Valentine, just meant to be a bad guy. But Mike, Mikey uh, brings up a great point, right? Morocco was one of the top heels for the longest time, but once, you know, Piper, uh, you know, Bundy, these guys came in. Oh, he completely took then over. Then he kind of just kind of just fell to the wayside. Piper was like the Joker has arrived out of the way as far as heels go. Right. So, Mike, real quick, we played your video. Yes, thanks knowing, for playing it. Knowing, uh, well, it's, it's, it's great, man. You always give entertaining stuff, so, um, you know, we're big thanks. fans. Um, but do you want to apologize to Vince what? now? <laughs> He's not going to. What? <laughs> oh, boy. What? Well, really I, think, I think if I, I'll say this, I think I could be wrong, but I think based on the social media or uh, Andrew Yang, the politician, even, <laughs> I think based on some of the backlash the WWE got once that story got leaked, which they probably wanted to control the narrative and, and weren't able to control it this time. Uh, mm. They kind of pulled back a little bit to clarify that they were saying only the WWE's, you know, uh, kayfabe name or WWE trademark name. Right. And they kind of, uh, you know, and, and look, here's the thing with pro wrestling news articles. If it comes from the observer, if it comes from Bruce Mitchell or the torch or Alvarez or Wade Keller, we don't know if this stuff is true or not, to be mm -hmm. honest with you. So mm -hmm. we, we give them, we give these guys, Meltzer, especially a lot of credit or a lot of, uh, prestige in their wrestling journalism. But the reality is, uh, we don't know. We don't know what's, what's, what's what, but I will say this, if you look at the Scott Hall thing, uh, you know, the WWE was trying to sue WCW for Scott Hall acting like Razor when, in fact, Razor Ramon was doing a lot of diamond stud stuff from, you know, two or three years earlier from WCW. So the w WWE slash WWF slash Vince McMahon himself, they have a history of trying to control these wrestlers, control these trademarks, uh, the fake uh, Diesel and fake Scott Hall, fake Razor Ramon, I should say. These are all patterns, patterns of behavior with the WWE. Uh, and Terry Funk said it best on the Beyond the Mat special bonus commentary. If there's a pro, pro wrestling match going on anywhere in the world, Vince McMahon wants to make a dollar from it. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's no reason for me to apologize. Let him apologize to me. Farrell? Very interesting. You know what I did like about your rant is, is that because I felt it was very real. So, you know, thumbs up as far as that goes. Here's the deal. You spell out your personal opinion of Vince McMahon. You are so entitled to that, so I have no issue with that. I'd be a complete asshole to have a, you know, an issue with somebody's opinion on Vince McMahon. However, I also thought it was very interesting that you also said something that Mike and I feel very strongly. If this is what you sign up for, and you know you're signing up for it, how the hell am I supposed to feel bad for you? And you clearly spelled that out also. So I found it very real as far as your rant goes, and also... It's kind of hard not to uh, take too... I mean, to me, it made it kind of easy to not take too many bullets because, you know, the the Provence guys, sure, they'll sit there and applaud your personal opinion, but at the same time, they're probably yelling at you like, what do you mean you're not on their side? What do you mean that's what they get? Blah, blah, blah. So I, I really liked your take because, to me, it was a real one. Good job. That's basically what Thank I got to say about that. Well, I'll, thanks, Farrell. I always yep, think you, you do a good it. job, Mike and Farrell, of course. You always... Uh, he kept it real. Intelligent. I, but I, I appreciate will, I will that say much. this. How about Thanks. the wrestler taking advantage of the situation, though? Right. They go in. That's they not cool either. They sign a contract. Either. There's a bunch of different things. someone like Paige or Lana, cool. which, which started this. What was that, Paige, Paige Mania? Paige is on me? Twitch, and she's making $200,000 a year using the Paige wow. logo and the Paige, the Paige name. 
and she's not sharing those uh, you wow. know those funds that's with a lot the of money. WWE and that's ma- the the page is owned by the WWE so my point is okay. you know Lana and I I I forget Lana's real name she should not be able to use the character to make money for herself unless she shares with the people that have marketed her to that point Mike does this get back to what you said if you know what you're signing up for this is what you've signed up for yeah, and I, I and I and I, I I agree with that, and I think that you guys just made a great point. And C.J. Perry is Lana's real name. And, Thank you. Uh, if you remember back when The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, was trans, you know, transitioning from being a full time wrestler to a part time actor, mm. and a full time actor, he mm. had to buy the name The Rock from the WWE. So, um, I don't have a problem with business as business. But I do feel that, and there's another uh, one of my videos, gentlemen, from going back over three years ago. I said, WWE fans, who's your daddy? Wrestling fans, who's your daddy? The wrestling fans and the pro wrestlers themselves, as we all know, have a daddy complex towards Vince McMahon. (laughs) And the younger generation has a daddy complex towards Triple H, Paul Levesque. (laughs) Because if you read Mick, Mick Foley's book... Mick Foley says that uh, Vince McMahon's like a father to him. Jim Ross, who's like two or three years younger than Vince, or maybe 10 years younger than Vince, says that Vince is like a father to him. All these wrestlers say Vince is like a father to me. Vince is like, where's the real father? But, Why do these wrestlers have a co- daddy complex to Vince? It's Mike, bizarre. Mike, I'm just curious. What's your take? Is that a positive trait that Vince McMahon can make everybody feel that way? <laughs> it's, I mean, I, a lot of them. What is that? I think... What I causes think that to have, like, it almost sounds like idol worship. Hey, Daddy. I mean, I can't relate personally. I've never, you know. Wait a minute. You, you know, again, you work with people. Right. You're spending most of your life with people. Right. Right. Some people, you know, I've had in my career mentors that mm-hmm. I've worked under Absolutely. that have taught me. Absolutely. I still consider them mentors. Absolutely. So, there's, in my opinion, there's nothing wrong with Mick Foley or um, a Jim Ross who's the same age or a little older than Vince McMahon. Right. Or, or younger, okay, so maybe Daddy ages. Complex is a you little rough. Is that what you're getting at? Well, you're, cl- you're, you're close <laughs> to What do you, you think out there, Mike? <laughs> I, my, my, my issue is this, is that we're all adults. Right? Yeah, we are? And, well, we I don't know about be. that. Go um, on. Go on. We're we all are, adults. We, are three older Let's men pretend. talking about professional wrestling. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the, Mike, don't you the, feel mature out there talking to us? I've are, got two mon- I've got two Don Morocco rubber <laughs> dolls in front of me. Two thousand for a That is a little. You're not helping, Mike. You're not helping. Go on. Okay, so here are the adults in the room. The realest thing Mike said in the video was, "Look, this is professional wrestling. Worry about the real things that are happening." Oh my God, could we? You, know, you think that's possible? Again, I don't think it's possible, Mike. Lana or CJ, <laughs> she's making plenty of money. Right, right. You know, Paige is yeah, making plenty of, of money. Of course. And, in, and and really, the real facts of it is, do, does Paige really give a shit what's happening in Mike Messier, Jimmy Fallon? No, life? of course not. Not at all. <laughs> right. Why lose sleep over those who are losing those? Well, I guess that's not very uh, Christian, but what are you going to do? Oi! Have to give it an oi. It's true. I mean, as wrestling fans, you know, and and part of the whole angry wrestling fan Mike Messier persona is to educate the next generation of young men and women that are addicted to pro wrestling Mm. in saying that we have to, you know, say, hey, look, sometimes I feel like the recovering alcoholic 
going into the bar with uh, with double uh, you know alcoholonomics uh, pamphlets you know what i mean <laughs> trying to sign people up and then they don't want to sign up they want to keep drinking so <laughs> right yeah, right and, and then i end up drinking too you know drinking the <laughs> wrestling kool-aid or the yeah, wrestling beverage it's almost like oxygen um, to us wrestling addicts go on yeah and it's 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 look re- pro wrestling has been great to me but i i feel that the last five six years when wwe especially got very political with their shows in Saudi Arabia, I felt that that was catering to a, a, a regime that I did not appreciate, uh, catering to Sharia law and all that mm-hmm. stuff. I agree stuff with this. Think about. I agree with this too. Mm-hmm. And and now and, and to be honest, and however people's political bent are, I wouldn't want WWE endorsing Obama. I wouldn't want them endorsing Hillary Clinton. I wouldn't I agree want them endorsing too. Biden. And I wouldn't want them endorsing Trump. I wouldn't want them endorsing anybody with the millions upon millions of dollars that they put into politics, mm-hmm. namely for Trump. But it could be for anybody, right. because I want a, che- a separation of of wrestling and state. And mm-hmm. when McMahon feels that he wants to put millions and millions of dollars in, and some people say, well, it's his money, he can do what he wants. My retort would be his money comes from the wrestling fan, of which I am one. So I feel like when you're taking your personal money, yes, I get it. But putting into politics that I didn't necessarily sign up for when I put my $10 a month into the WWE Network or all these wrestling books or action figures or, or DVDs, I find that a, a bit of a betrayal of my trust as a wrestling fan, and maybe that's me being oversensitive or naive, but that's just how I feel. Interesting. You said something very, very interesting to me. You would love to see a separation. You want a separation between wrestling and state. Oddly enough, yeah. and this is my opinion, I feel like if there ever is going to be a union of any kind, the only way that it will ever truly happen is, is with more Andrew Yangs, for example. When the government steps in, and this will never happen, and I've told you this off the air, Mike, so you know this is no revelation coming from me. This will never happen with the current regime because, obviously, uh, the president and Vince are friends, and I do not see Vince McMahon ever losing any power under this particular regime. But I would not be surprised if more Andrew Yangs pop up. Do I think they'll be successful? No, but I do believe this. If you really want to see... A union ever formed, it will probably be because people like an Andrew Yang, maybe someday there will be a politician who pops up who has enough clout, and all of a sudden it becomes a government intervention thing, and now there is a union. So I found it very interesting that the very thing you don't want could maybe be the only thing that could actually give the wrestlers the benefits they look for. Right, Any so thoughts on that? I'm gonna, well, let me jump okay. in on this real quick. It's an interesting point is it, what it, I'm getting at. It's a at. very good point, but I'm going to say this to you. So hypothetically, wrestling becomes unionized. Mm-hmm. The characters are still owned by the WWE. Doesn't change what we're talking about here. WWE, no, right? third party deals it would not change something like that. Right. So that's union well, not going to change. I that, just right? wanted to point out that Mike's very interesting statement about wishing for wrestling and state to be divided when ultimately so many people who scream for more wrestling rights, that may be the one way that it happens through state. That's but, only that's all I'm saying. Again, I'm not I'm not sure where the wrestling rights matter here. I know. It's, I understand. Again, I understand that. When you unionize, mm-hmm. you cap your earning potential. I understand this is that, why, too. Again, sure. understanding that, you know, you're in the WWE now. If you're in the main roster, you're a six-figure salary. Yeah, you're doing well. Right? You're doing Mike, fine. you do agree with that, right? If you're in the main roster, you're, you're, you're making some good cash. We don't have to work at Domino's, right? No, I, I think the wrestlers these days in many ways are pampered, to be honest with you. Thank and, you. And uh, Thank you. Pharaoh made a Pharaoh made a great statement that... With Andrew Yang, he's he's obviously jockeying for a position in a potential 
Biden Harris. Oh, uh, sure. You know, re- regime or, it's or whatever. Jousting. And, and sure. Right. And he's he for whatever reason, Andrew Yang. And I just watched before that we went on the air tonight, gentlemen, I watched uh, Andrew Yang with Chris Van Vliet. And uh, Yang is a wrestling fan. Yang's not coming out of left field. He's talking about okay. That's cool. Randy Savage is his favorite wrestler and stuff. So so Yang, at least on the surface, has a humanitistic uh, feeling for these wrestlers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's one of those things, guys, where, we, where we were, we're all making good points, but it's like, are the wrestlers in WWE right now suffering? No. 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 Um, but we do get kind of into those uh, topics of do they have the right to use their own birth name to, to be on social media and make a buck from it? I would think so. And then you get into those, you know, legal territories, for instance, even the Cody Rhodes versus Cody Runnels versus just playing Cody right. thing. That's very complicated. And uh, I don't have the answers and we can just sit here and, and theorize about it, but you know who knows? Well, well let, let, let's go back to John Cena. Let's go back to our because that involves his birth name. It's very interesting. To take John Cena hat on it. Let's go very back to let's go to, back to Andrew, our friend Andrew first. Oh, he's our friend. again. Clearly, this is a, a political agenda by him. I believe that. Oh, sure. There's nothing I'm, stopping from our friend Andrew from right. trying to unionize wrestlers now. Right. He That's can true, certainly too. step into the ring, right. get he these wrestlers court. together. He, he doesn't need to become the Department of labor head right right he can just do it himself very interesting so the reality is i think the idea here is that they're trying to get to the working man right the wrestling fan right and like mike said i agree he's trying to jockey himself into position into Mm -hmm. some sort of cabinet and i think he was quoted on cnn for saying he's willing to take any position that Mr. Biden will offer him right. when he when in hope that he becomes president of the United States. Boy, that's that's shamelessly throwing yourself out there, huh, Mikey? It is, and it's, <laughs> yeah, politics is politics. Yeah, you know, pol- politics is is something that I. It's probably a bigger work than wrestling. Probably Jesse Ventura said that before. Absolutely. Me, you know, but, I mean, yeah, right. we're all if we're all being at... we're all being worked. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, Mike, you brought up something interesting too that Mike that my partner and I were actually debating before the show. I do find it very interesting about what do you do when somebody is using their birth name, like, for example, John Cena. Mike, do you have that anywhere? But there was something I read that I thought was excellent. John Cena, when he was asked about this, about, you know, signing over his actual birth name as well as his birth name being used as his character, he said, I have no issue with it because this is what I signed up for. This is, uh, you know, uh, before I was here, I was just a kid from Massachusetts. I wasn't doing much. You know, I wasn't famous. I wasn't making millions of dollars. Vince McMahon giving me a break led me to my Hollywood career, all of these other things. So, oddly enough, John Cena says, yes, in a way, he does own the names, the rights to my birth name. He goes, but not fully. He gets a percentage. And to John Cena, this is perfectly okay. What, what do you think about that? Uh, I just learned this tonight, by the way, because you're coming on the show. I was looking at Mike showed me this, you know, very thing. Uh, what do you think about that? I find that very interesting. Does this go back to what you said in your rant? Like, look, if, if you know what you signed up for, this is what you signed up right. for. Any thoughts on that? Well, my thoughts is, you know, in John Cena's particular case, he's what you would call a favored son. I mean, his mm-hmm. his father, John Cena Sr., who who works part-time as a wrestling manager throughout New England. And, and if, you, if you've been in mm. New England at a local wrestling show, you've, you've probably bought a... Um, uh, a dry cigar from John Cena Sr. Like I have, okay. you know what I mean? Like he doesn't. Uh, sure, those, sure you would. He doesn't keep those. 
it doesn't keep those things in a humidifier. I found out the hard way, but that's in any event, oh, oh, that's uh, awful. Humidor. No humidor. You know, that's it, terrible. It, no, it was it was awful. And oh, it tastes like horn. He's flakes. a nice guy. And John John Cena Senior is a nice guy, but he's a nice guy who's who's gotten some airtime on WWE Raw, and he's getting kicked in the head by Randy Orton because <laughs> he's John Cena's Junior's father. Right. And that's and my point is that John Cena. He has a debt to Vince McMahon in his own uh, mind because he feels that he couldn't have done this without WWE's platform. And at the time, he's right because mm -hmm. TNA wrestling was so far behind uh, oh, yeah. that when Cena came into the scene, that was the only game in town really was WWE. So um, that's John Cena's personal feelings. And he's been, and look, folks, we, we, we all kind of honor Cena now, and that's fine. But during the Cena heyday, those Cena chants uh, of Cena sucks. That's how people really felt. Yep. You know, let's not let's not lie to ourselves. And right. in five years from now, let's not all say that everybody loved Roman Reigns for ten years. Even fans were booing John Cena. It wasn't mm -hmm. out of a, a fun game. They literally right. did not like the guy in, in a way that was not conducive to business in in what you would want a Hulk Hogan or a Steve Austin or The Rock. John Cena, in many ex aspects, was disappointing as a babyface. But still, he got pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed. And now he gets to make movies and he gets to do whatever he wants. And so is, is a guy like that who's had that silver McMahon spoon in his mouth for 15 years, is he going to be the one to be a rebel force against the WWE nope. tyranny? Obviously not. Nope. It's going to be people like myself, Andrew Yang. Uh, I know you guys respect Vince McMahon a lot, but you, you're, you'll also be critical of him when the time is right. And I just, for me, guys, it's really just about people being independent thinkers. Uh, at the end of the day, we can't be subservient to a guy on television, whether it's Vince McMahon, Santa Claus, or anybody else. We just have to be independent thinkers and do our own thing. Well, I think, you know, it's really great points, yeah. but I also feel that, uh, you know, money rules. And, oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> no BS again, about that. Again, I, I, I understand where Mike's coming. People didn't like Cena, but guess what? As much as they hated him, they still sold out the arenas. And that's the key point, right? too, John. And, and he still drew. And mm -hmm. I will continually say that John Cena is the last great, rep, true pro wrestling superstar, period. As far as what, what's Vince has created in the last 15 years, I haven't seen anything since. No, I agree with that. I do agree with that. What's uh, what's interesting, though, is, is, is that John Cena, and Mike, you can chime in on this, please. John, John Cena was the beginning of what we now refer to as a polarizing figure. They call him that all the time. Michael Cole calls him that all the time. Polarizing is a very s fancy word for a character not being received the way it traditionally would have been in the past. Mm -hmm. John Cena was a face, like Mike pointed out, but he was a face that everybody absolutely hated. Oddly enough, this is where it all began, the weirdness in this business, where you could be hated, be a good guy, and millions of people will still tune in, tune in every week to hate the good guy. Very interesting to me. It's all about Cena that. was the beginning of the polarization and the weirdness of what we see with characters today. But Vince saw the dollar signs, and that's all that mattered so in the end. Mike, Mike brought up about John Cena. Hey, look, this guy had the silver spoon in his mouth. Why well, would he, he bite back he on He was Vince? clearly the chosen one. So both of you weigh in on this then. Um, sure. Mick Foley, I'm hmm. sure you're all aware, tweeted... Uh, banning wrestlers from making extra money on third-party deals, Twitch, YouTube, Cameo, strikes me as crummy thing to do. Just my opinion. Mick Foley. Weighing in, to which Kevin Nash suggested that wrestlers should start asking for health insurance and other employee benefits. Um, 
so I asked you guys this. These are two guys that if it wasn't for the WWE, it, and again, these are guys that did have the opportunity to wrestle for bigger or as big organizations and failed miserably, in my opinion. They were, they were made by Vince McMahon. And here are two guys that, you know, they're out of the limelight now, and now they're taking shots. And if there's any, if there's any two wrestlers I could choose from to make this statement, these should not be the guys. Very interesting. Your opinions? Mike, why don't you go first? I'll wait. Well, here's here's my thought, and it's it's just that I think whenever someone – hey, it's it's America, you know, and, and we're supposed to have opinions. So Mick Foley's son, Dewey, uh, and I'll, I would almost guarantee my life on this. In fact, I would guarantee my life on this. Mike Messier is a better pro wrestling writer than Dewey Foley. Sorry. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, so, I mean, Dewey, Dewey Foley has a nice job. <laughs> And Titan Tower, yep. because he's Mick Foley's son, yep. and Mike Messier doesn't, because Mike Messier speaks his mind. Right. Um, as far right. as Kevin Nash and Mick Foley go, look, mm-hmm. both of those guys, and I've I've worked with Kevin Nash in films, and Kevin Nash is a fun guy and an outspoken guy, and I think that Kevin Nash is the type of guy that's going to say what he wants no matter what, because he's invested his money well, mm-hmm. and is he trying to do right by the next generation of wrestlers? Uh, in Nash's tweet, probably. I mean, mm-hmm. Nash does have a heart. He's not just a cold heart, cold-hearted guy. So I think, in some respects, Nash and Foley may be tweeting that type of thing because, in their own way, they're trying to pave the way for the next generation of wrestlers. Because I do think, even with all the stuff we've been through with pro wrestling, with the the thumb and the butt spots and PWG and horrendous things like that. Kenny Omega wrestling a plastic doll in Japan, right. all these horrendous activities. I do think there's still a brotherhood and a sisterhood now of pro wrestlers mm-hmm. that they look out for each other and they look out for the next generation. And if, if it's come down to tweeting instead of teaching a guy how to take a punch or how to fend off angry fans, I guess that's what it is. Now they have to tweet the legacy of, of pro wrestling instead of, you know, teaching the guy in the dressing room, how to take a back body drop, but at least it's something. But isn't there something called loyalty and respect? Nope. I mean, that's what bothers me here. Look, Mike, I agree with you, right? You have a right to your free thinker, but where's the loyalty? Where's the respect? This guy made you. I mean, look, let's be honest. Kevin Nash was a bouncer at a bar, and if it wasn't for the WWE and Vince McMahon, he probably still would be. Mick Foley was a failed wrestler, and I'm sorry anyone could argue he was a failed wrestler until he went to the WWE. Where's the loyalty? This is what I'm not understanding. You know, when people take care of you and, and give you the lifestyle that you got, and, and they gave back too, don't get me wrong, but there's no loyalty. And that is the basis of the problem with this country to begin with. Farrow? Well, I guess I, I, w- I would uh, uh, go ahead, Farrow. Go ahead, Farrow. Uh, just to get this in real quick as far as the two of them and whether or not they're suited enough to, to have an opinion on this, I found it very interesting that Mick Foley stayed very basic. Ah, it's just a crummy thing to do. Again, as far as Mick Foley's um, argument on it, I will go back to what Mike said uh, during his rant. If you know what you're signing up for, this is what you get. So I'm not sure why it's a crummy thing to do if you're under contract to obey certain regulations that Vince lays out. If you signed it, that's it, the end. What I thought... As far as Kevin Nash goes, I do think Kevin Nash deserves more of a, I can function without Vince McMahon than Mick Foley credit. 
because Kevin Nash, while he, yes, he was made a star originally, he did go to WCW, he left Vince, and he almost took Vince down with Hulk Hogan, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I do hold more stock in Kevin Nash's opinion than I do Mick Foley's, oddly enough. Not for what they did in the ring. If you want to get all nerdy about what they did in the ring, then Mick Foley's like forever, you know, oh, he gets first dibs because he went through the cage. No, this is about their, their minds and what they did in this business. Kevin Nash has a very fine mind. And I, I, while I do believe, where's the loyalty? I so agree with you. Kevin Nash should not be doing this publicly to Vince McMahon. He should be talking to him privately because Vince McMahon did make him a multimillionaire. So I do agree. Where's the respect? However, I do understand what Kevin Nash said, and at least he said something very intelligent. Hey, and I agree with you, Mike, um, Mike Messier out there. You, you want to grow a pair of balls? You go out and you do these things. You form a union. I found it hilarious that Kurt Flood, Kurt Flood was not Kalia Stremski. Kurt Flood was not Reggie Jackson. Kurt Flood was not a major legend. Kurt Flood stood up against him, and something happened. So uh, basically what Kevin Nash is saying, well, first of all, stand Kurt up. Flood had nothing to lose. Nobody's, right. Well, There's yeah. nobody here willing enough to give up to try. And that's the biggest reason why we're not going to see But anything. why is that? Because they want the ultimate, the, the biggest capabilities to making money. They don't want to be capped. They don't right. want to be stopped. Right. 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 And, you know. You. you so, know, Mike, do you think out there? You think a guy like Rusev or whatever he's calling himself now, Vam Vam Miro or whatever he is, Miro, you know, yeah, do, do you think Miro. that he should be like like one of the guys going, no, screw this, I'm going to be Kurt Flood, I'm going to form a union. Where is the, where is the balls? Like you pointed out in the rant, with all this whining and crying and name calling we give to Vince, where would it, where's the balls? Where's the union? That's. Well, here's here's the answer. My answer to that be I, I I've said for a couple of years, and I did a rant about this where I was actually sad and emotional about it. The mm. WWE wrestlers stopped being role models to me, stopped being heroes to me when they didn't speak up against the shows in Saudi Arabia, which initially did not have women. Yes, they added women later, but mm-hmm. for like four or five shows, they didn't have the women. And I mm-hmm. said, you know what? I can't watch these television shows and watch these wrestlers and think that they're supposed to be either my role model or the role models for the youth in this world when they don't have the balls or the courage to speak up against things that to me are clearly morally wrong. Mm. So I no longer, what I've gotten to the point of gentlemen is an emotional disconnect. Yes, I will still watch wrestling. Yes, I will still enjoy wrestling, enjoy talking about wrestling, but I'm no longer going to put these people on a pedestal like I I once did. Because I, I kind of see it for what it is now. And, and I said in the rant, I use a term now that's very insulting and very degrading, but I think it's well-deserved. Meat puppet. If they're mm. going to treat themselves like meat puppets, I'm going to think of them as meat puppets. If they're not going to have the integrity to speak up or to form a union or, or to not do shows in countries that they don't want to do or to not uh, do character work that they think is degrading, then they can all red rooster themselves into oblivion. I'm not going to sit there and I'm not going to cheer for them if they make clowns out of themselves. And if if the Kenny Omegas, uh, who wants to wrestle a nine-year-old girl in Japan and a plastic doll in Japan, and the fans that defend that type of activity and say, oh, that was the promotion, that was the promotion, where is the personal integrity? That's why my hero is Mike Messier, not Kenny Omega, not Triple H, uh, not The Undertaker. None of these people. I don't look up to any of them anymore. I look up to myself. So in hindsight, was Dennis Rodman 20 years ago when he was at the height of his controversy and a superstar playing for Chicago Bulls, was Dennis Rodman when he said, don't call me a role model, I'm not your fucking role model. I'm not here to be a role model, I'm just a basketball player. 
You think he was just way ahead of his time, or is just people just too afraid to make a stand on anything nowadays, or did he just excuse everybody from having to be a role model? Because Ro- Robin was one of the first guys who ever came out and said, "I'm not your fucking role model." I, I played it was basketball. Barkley. Was it Barkley too? It was Barkley, I think. Yeah. Okay. Well, it I remember Barkley, that there was. Yeah, a, I remember Rodman had the same attitude. You know. Yeah, of course they did, and they were right. And 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 the thing is, and I think it was Barkley because what Barkley was saying. Okay. You should look up to your parents. You should. Your parents should be the type of people that want you to be like them. So he was really calling for parents to take control of the family situation and not allow their kids to look at people at TV and say, I want to be Charles Barkley. And why would you want to be Charles Barkley? He never won a ring anyway. Right, right. He was very interesting this week when the Nets hired uh, Nash and they were screaming about white privilege. And he said, shut the fuck up. The the guy was one of the greatest players that ever played this game. What are you talking about? So Charles Barkley's weird to me, man. At least he tells how he feels, right? You got to give him that. I do like Charles Barkley, and that was kind of just a joke that I, I mean, I didn't deliver it very funnily, but I mean, he, Charles Barkley, funnily, was obviously, funnily? <laughs> he's a great, funnily? he's a, he's a great player. I like, I liked oh, watching he was great. the Michael Jordan thing. Yeah, Look, we grew great. up with and Patrick he, Ewing out here. If you don't win a ring, it doesn't mean we don't love you, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, come on, Patrick oh, yeah. Ewing was, we loved Patrick Ewing. Well, it's funny you bring up Patrick Ewing you because know. guess what? As New York fans, the Knicks spent half the time booing Patrick Ewing. They the did. Fans, they right? did. And I hated that. he was that. gone, you missed him. Almost I knew John he would. Cena-ish when Mike was talking about John Cena, I was thinking right. the same way. You don't know what you have until it's gone. Right. Right? So, um, so again, let's let's just revert back, and then we'll, we'll talk a little more about uh, the wrestling news this week. Okay. In your opinion, Mike. Hmm. Yes. And Farrow. Hmm. Is Vince McMahon right into stopping his independent contractors from using his characters to make their own money? You want to go first, Mike? Or you want me to throw this one out first? I'll, I'll go first. I'll go, go first. I think I think he's right in the character name, but not the person's birth name. That's where mm. I think the line. If if you had to make a general line, you'd say, okay, this is your WWE character name. Once you sign a contract and you become uh, Rusev, or you become, uh, you know, Lana, then the, the you Undertaker. Can have your, <laughs> the under, yeah, the Undertaker. Hey, still right. a great example. You can you sure. say you have your you you have your kayfabe name or your WWE character persona, and you have your real life name. So if you have to have two Twitter accounts, two Facebook accounts, two Instagram accounts to cover the basis, and and folks, this is something I uncovered not uncovered, but it's something I ranted about several times. I don't believe that the WWE talent is in charge of their own social media in, in by and large in the first place. I mean, Kurt Angle was, was tweeting ridiculous tweets about um, the, the revolution or FTR uh, wrestling in tag team matches. Mm. Anyway, it's a whole big thing, but it's clear to me that many times the WWE talent is not tweeting the things that people are giving credit to say a Becky Lynch or they're giving credit to the wrestlers for having these Twitter wars when it's some intern at Titan Tower right. is it's Twittering part, this stuff. It's part of their promo of machine rolling on. I got gotcha. you. Because you have to control right. the character. And again, right. we can take a book out of uh, the the uh, Ultimate Warrior who changed his name to Warrior, right? Mm-hmm. Because he wanted to get control of somewhat of his character. Right. right. So, Right. I Again, think Vince, I don't I think, think the Vince WWE is, right. is I mean, stopping its wrestlers from using their name unless you signed a contract right. with your lawyer there, mm-hmm. 15 pages, and allowed them to take your name as the character. Mm-hmm. That's your choice. Mm-hmm. 
And you know, no, I think again, I, I think if that's what you signed on for, that's what you get. What I also think is interesting, though, Mike, wouldn't this be strange if somehow they were able to get this figured out and you can only use your wrestling name, you know, to do wrestling promoting and events, and you can't use it because it, it belongs to the company. Do you think anyone would really go see The Undertaker and have him sign an Undertaker picture and have it just say Mark Calloway? I mean, what? Yeah, so, and he and he can't and it can't be the Undertaker photo he's signing either. It's a photo of Mark Calloway having a barbecue. I mean, just Mark. <laughs> do you yeah, see Mark where this is Mark going, this, Mike? Do you yeah. see where this is going? This is going to be a mess. <laughs> no, I, I hear you. I hear you, and it's it's a great debate, and it's it's something that right. you know WWE WWE like the rest of us sometimes we struggle to keep up with technology, and this might be something mm. that these mm. cameo things, these these Twitch streams, and so forth, maybe the talent was kind of not to say getting away with it, but mm. they were doing their own thing before Vince or whoever else kind of got, got clued in. And now they're trying to, you know, double back and, and take control. And that's all well and good. And, and, and like you guys said it a couple of ways is ultimately these people, um, I can't have that much sympathy for it. A, like I said, in the rant, they signed up for what they signed up for and B I've got my own problems to worry about mm -hmm. as we all do. Mm -hmm. You know, I've got, I've got my own real life and, and putting a certain amount of attention of my life into the wrestling world is fine because they get to meet gentlemen like yourself and have a nice conversation and right. share some thoughts. And we, we did have a question from the fans, which I shared with Monty. Mm. Um, there was a, there's a fan on Facebook who had a question for us. Okay. If I can bring that up, gentlemen, sure. What do you got um, it's from Mike Merch in the Facebook group for the love of pro wrestling. Okay. And Mike Merch asks us another MM. We got Mike Morocco, uh, Michael Monti, Mike Messier, and Mike Merch here. What happened, to large, what happened to larger than life superstars? Not just WWE, but in my opinion, everywhere feels like people playing wrestler mm. as opposed to being the real deal themselves. Excellent Lots point. of guys have... Yep, he's got a few more sentences. Lots mm -hmm. of guys have great, amazing matches, but it very, but it very rarely feels special or important anymore. Mm -hmm. Nobody feels like a legit, larger than life icon anymore, except for the fiend and a few part timers and guys that have been around for a decade or more, like AJ Brock, Undertaker, etc. Mike Merch from the Love of Pro Wrestling Facebook group. Gentlemen, any thoughts? Well said. He, I, I agree with everything he basically just said. Well, Mike, I, I appreciate the question. This is what this is what I would say. It's clear that the WWE, after Cena, um, mm -hmm. learned its lesson and decided, hey, the star of the show is the WWE. It's no longer going to be its superstars. Not the individual. And, you know, Sad this is not true. a new concept. Um, if anyone has a chance, watch the A&E uh, uh, MTV documentary. Okay. Where... It wasn't really around the artists who were making the videos. It was about the channel, right? right. And that's where their focus was, about the channel. Mm -hmm. The artists were just players in the game. So you got, one, that they're trying not to build superstars. Then, two, the fans are to blame. Why? Because they don't want a storyline. Right. They've destroyed the championship belts, the which is the ultimate goal. The we had Al Snow in last week. He said, yeah. clearly, There's it no doesn't patience. matter. Yeah, there's no right? patience. All from, they want from a fan. is their spot monkey stuff. And Pretty much, right? They want to move on. So, Pretty much, you know, when the fans are upset, you're, they're the ones to blame. You know, we talk about this all the time, Mike, me and Jimmy, right? We talk about Don Morocco, and you know, I want you to share a moment or two with what you saw with Morocco when you were younger. 
But when we watched Morocco with Backlund, mm. you got to remember the slowdown was a five-minute armbar. Still loved it. Of getting, you know, and of Backlund and Morocco trying to get out of the armbar. Still loved it. The fans would have booed these guys out of the building. Today they would. Mike? Well, I can share, I can share a great Don Morocco story if you want to hear it. Go ahead. Well, it was uh, February, I believe, of 1983, hmm. and uh, Washington, D.C. had a tremendous uh, snowstorm, like a historic snowstorm in the Washington, D.C. Uh, area. And I was in a, a small town called Burke, Virginia, a suburb, and my dad and I, and a, and a friend of mine, a young friend, because we're all, I was young and my friend was young, we had uh, asked my dad to take us to this wrestling show. The main event was Bob Backlund defending the WWF World Heavyweight title against Don Morocco, Magnus wow. Morocco. And this was the second show I attended live. And so my dad had a, had a rabbit, a diesel rabbit, if you guys can remember mm-hmm. that thing. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? A very conical little yep. car. And somehow uh, they did not cancel the WWF show. The Bullets, the, <laughs> wow. the Washington Bullets back then, before they were the Wizards and the Capitals had canceled and everything was canceling. And But the show must go on for WWF. So we, we I think it was normally about a 90-minute drive. This turned out to be like a two-and-a-half, three-hour drive to the show both ways. But... We got there in one piece. We saw this, you know, three, three and a half hour wrestling show. Uh, Don Morocco and Bob Backlund had a match. They beat the crap out of each other. And uh, Morocco, I believe, although he was challenging for the title and he won the match, he won the match by cuts where they had to stop the match. Nice. Because I guess Backlund was bleeding too much. What, he hit the the post? Backlund hit his head on the post or something? uh, Something like that. But he might have hit him with the post or the ringside bell. But they did this with Backlund a lot when he was fighting guys like Morocco. Mm-hmm. They would have they would have Backlund bleed, and the challenger would win the match. But they would say that the title didn't change because the referee had no choice but to stop the contest of because course. of cuts. Right. It was called cuts. It was it was the craziest thing. But right. Morocco and Morocco and Backlund went brawling back to the dressing room. Later on that night, just a quick aside, the, the actual final match of the show was, get this match, Playboy Buddy Rose and Ray the Crippler, Crippler Stevens uh, fought Rocky Soulman Johnson and Special Delivery Jones. Wow. That's right. Special, nice. Deliver, Special Delivery Jones used to main event shows at the Capitol Center because nice. he was, it, it made no sense, but I saw two main events with S.D. Jones at the Capitol Center. He was a main event guy there in Landover, but he was a jobber on TV, which the, the dichotomy never made sense, but that's mm-hmm. what it was. Those house shows were strange, though, back in those days because you didn't always see what was really technically the main event at the end. I remember watching Andre the Giant versus Ken Patera at the Long Island Arena, and that was not the last match. The last match was like a tag team match between, like, you know, Rene Goulet and Dominic Danucci versus... Well, the main event was always know. in the middle, so they could announce... Right, things were different back then. Because remember, they would announce the next card mm-hmm. right after, like, maybe a match after the main event and, mm-hmm. and get everybody buying the tickets for the next show, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, wrestle Again, think about this. You got fans out there. When is a disqualification and a countout? They flip out. Yeah. You still got older fans that... I see, you know, tweeting or whatever else. I can't believe this ended in a, in a count out or a disqualification. That's the way it used to always go on. That's how you extended the, the program. Mike, were you a Bob Backlund fan? I, I was, a, I was a mild Bob Backlund fan. I mean, I, I, I was a. I mean, it was kind of just like mild time as a teenager. As, back in those days, we didn't do anything tepid. Were you, were you a fan of his or not? 
I, I was, I was, I was, I mean, I interviewed Bob Backlund. It's on the Mike Messier YouTube channel. So I have okay. a great deal of respect for Bob Backlund. Okay. But I'm just being honest. I mean, I'm, I'm not, look, when I met the Ultimate Warrior in real life, I was a fan of the Ultimate Warrior's motivational and inspirational videos from mm -hmm. 2011 and 2012, but I was not a fan of the Ultimate Warrior's in ring work. Right. Was I a fan of Bob Backlund as a wrestler? Yes, but, but did I. I didn't have the same type of emotional connection that I did to Rocky Johnson or um, Ronnie Garvin, you know, watching Georgia championship wrestling mm -hmm. rugged. He, at the time he was called the man with the hands of stone, Ronnie Garvin fighting with Jake, the snake Roberts. I had more of a connection to Ronnie Garvin for whatever reason and Rocky Johnson than I did to a Bob Backlund. Who's to say what's what? It's just the way that it was for me. Mm -hmm. It just matters who you like. It's, it's funny. I never even understood the Ronnie Garvin thing. All right, look, we're almost out of time, Mike. You got some? You got anything to promote uh, for the yeah. fans out there that could follow you? Yeah. Well, first of all, I want to thank you, gentlemen, for having me on the show. We worked through our uh, technical difficulties, but it was a lot of fun. And I would just say that Mike Messier YouTube channel. I recently celebrated uh, my 400th subscriber, and I put the guy over, and he had a group called uh, "Change the Face of Depression" here out of Jacksonville, Florida. So, uh, my 450th YouTube subscriber, I will also put them over with a special dedicated video at a spot on the MikeMessier.com website. I just say, go to MikeMessier.com. I'm a screenwriter for hire. If you have an idea for a feature film, but you're not a writer, hire your buddy Mike Messier. I'll write you a great screenplay. Uh, I'm an actor. I'm an acting coach. If you need any of these services, I'm available through these modern technologies worldwide. I could be your acting coach. But if nothing else, anyone who's watching this, I encourage you, if you haven't subscribed to Monty and the Pharaoh on YouTube, do that immediately. And then your next thing is to subscribe to Mike Messier on YouTube. What else can you do with your life? That's the that's the what you need to do right now. Kudos, man. Kudos. Well said. Uh, we want to talk about on September 21st. Okay. Uh, we're, we're off next week. Matt's on vacation. Matt, where are you going, bro? I'm going down to Jersey Shore. That's what I'm Jersey talking about. Shore? You got a date with Snooky? Very interesting. Nice. What's the situation? Oh, that's a terrible Jersey Shore joke. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want you to be safe and uh, get back in one piece, Matt. We thank you for all you do. Oh, yeah. Uh, so we will not be on next Thursday, but we come back on Monday, the 21st, where we have special guest Andrew Anderson, along with Kevin Sullivan. Oh, and uh, if anyone Jeez. remembers our first show here of indie music, we had Jim Doss on the uh the first husband of Nancy Benoit. Yes. And I'm sure we'll cover some of that action with yes. Kevin Sullivan. Yes, yes. And then on the 24th, we've got former PWI writer Bill Apter. Mike, you uh, got to interview Bill Apter. What are your thoughts on Bill? Personally, didn't get to interview Bill Apter, but I, I, oh. I met Bill Apter at a Ring of Honor show in 2002 in Philadelphia. And uh, Bill Apter was a great guy. And when I was a uh, youth, I think it was the 10-year anniversary of PWI, I gave a special Pro Wrestling Illustrated unofficial official award, Scalp of the PWI Years, Bam Bam Bigelow and Bill Apter tie. So if anyone <laughs> nice. has that issue, <laughs> nice. I think it was the 10th anniversary that says Mike Messier, Burke, Virginia. And I gave Bill Apter and Bam Bam the Scalp of the PWI Years award. That's excellent. Yeah, that would be rough to choose between those two. <laughs> I, I, that's what I was actually. I, I, Go ahead, I Mike. Used I used to send you. in. Oh, sorry, guys. I just get excited when I think about this stuff. I used to send in <laughs> uh, letters. <laughs> in letters, there was a letter, and I think it was Wrestling '89 
which I said it was called Starcade Blackout, and I wrote a very heated letter about the uh, the Starcade, the Bunkhouse '88 Bunkhouse Stampede match at Starcade '88 being blacked out from the pay per view. I wrote mm-hmm. a very uh, impassioned uh, letter to the the uh, editor, and they published that one. And and I used to get very excited about Pro Wrestling Illustrated, to be honest. But then they 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 blackballed me, which is another story we'll have to talk really about another now. time. Okay, yeah. I'm still getting well, over the fact that Matt Brock is not a real person. Freaking ah. PW. They even they even worked <laughs> us. You know that, right? You know they worked us. It's terrible. And uh, oh, yeah. uh, October second, we'll 2nd. have WWE. Marty Jannetty in the house, hey, WWE Marty. Barry Horowitz in the house, hey, and two-thirds of the FBI, two, Tommy two Rich thirds? and Chasey Smothers okay. from ECW. Okay. Again, I wasn't a big FBI guy. Dude, I only know is Tommy Rich guy. I'm sure, I was just about to say, I'm sure Mike agrees. All I know is that we got Tommy Rich in the room. That's yeah. all, that, that, That's that, somebody, that works for me. <laughs> say, somebody say something about Mad Dog Buzz Sawyer. To, oh. Talk about... Oh. Talk about a guy who blood buckets, uh, bled buckets for this sport. That Tommy guy, Rich, dude, Buzz Sawyer is so under the radar at this point. I, Buzz Sawyer was great, Mike. It was. Buzz Sawyer was great. How about Tommy Rich? That's thoughts? how. You, you heard Rich. Mike on Tommy Rich. Well, what Tommy Rich was great Tommy too. Rich. What was that? I'm sorry. What were your thoughts on Tommy Rich? Tommy Rich was like, it's hard to explain because to me, Tommy Rich was almost like a uh, a meteor shooting through the sky. When he when he was a star, his star shone so brightly and it looked so promising, and then he was gone. That's basically how I remember Tommy Rich. Because at one point, I remember even you and me looking at the Pro Wrestling Illustrated or Inside Wrestling. It's got yep. Tommy Rich on the cover with the NWA title. We knew how important this five was. Five days. He held it five days. Five days. He never got a sniff. And the next thing you know, his career was almost just. Was so gone. to me, it, it. But he was right at the top. It basically, he had climbed to the top. I don't even. I can't even figure out sometimes what happened to change this whole. Listen, if you Rich, remember but... him like that, the guy made his mark on you. Oh, he was. He had his moment. It's almost comparable to a, uh, a Gail Sayers. It was like boom, here I am, boom, I'm gone. Well, again, if that makes we want any to apologize sense. for the technical difficulties, Mike. It's always our pleasure to have you on, on a personal basis. I love your videos. They're entertaining. Thanks. You know your stuff. Mm-hmm. You're very well rounded. Mm. And the one most important thing about you, Mike, in my opinion, is you treat everybody with respect. Bingo. And that's the one thing me and Jimmy always talk about, right? Treating people with respect. Bingo. So thank you for taking your time and visiting the show today. Anytime, gentlemen. I, I, you guys are awesome. You guys are kicking ass. And, and I really appreciate you guys putting me over. And we celebrate Don Morocco's birthday uh, the Hawaiian way. By by dedicating this show to Don Morocco, uh, if you don't mind, because I think he's a great legend. And uh, the last Battle of Atlanta, Pharaoh, just so you know, is on the WWE Network. Just so you know that. Nice. Buzz Sawyer versus Tommy Rich. Nice. Just so you know. Nice. All right, we're going to put on top of the cake. Seen on YouTube, Monty Nefaro page, Facebook Live on the Monty Nefaro page, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Anchor, Channel One Fifteen every Tuesday, eight thirty to nine p.m. Mike Messier will be seen on an upcoming episode. I'd probably think about two weeks. Hmm. You could also catch us on Channel One Fifteen at six a.m. to six thirty. Mike Messier will be on that, Hmm. and then on Channel Twenty at one thirty in the morning, which is a few hours from now. But that'll eventually be moving to Saturday, and as explained earlier. Uh, we're moving to 7 o'clock on Channel 115. Um, any final question for Mr. Messier before we cut out? The final Pharaoh question? Uh, final Pharaoh question. 
Well, Mike, you may not know this, but I'm I'm off Facebook. What do you, what do you hope the future will be on the internet regarding pro wrestling? Or are we just going to forever be dealing with the uh, diarrhea lips out there? You know, I think this is what I think a lot of fans want. I think we're I think if I could speak for a lot of fans, I think we're looking for that next bolt of lightning like a Stone Cold Steve Austin 1997, mm-hmm. NWO 1996, The Rock 1998. Mm-hmm. I think for over 20 years now, we're all looking for that next thing that we could all proudly put on a t-shirt, have a catchphrase, and and maybe that's just a dying amount of us, but I, 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 as great of a physical specimen as Drew McIntyre is and as, as nice of a guy as he seems to be. I don't see a great catchphrase coming from big Drew McIntyre. Nope. I don't see a big catchphrase coming from a Braun Strowman or nope. a Roman Reigns. Nope. Uh, some of these goth kids or, or everyone's inner goth is satisfied by Bray Wyatt and the fiend, like Mike Merch said. But I don't know if, if that character could be like the rock. And I, I, I would, this is what I'm hoping if Vince McMahon in all his wisdom were to let the shackles go of these wrestlers, let them be a little more free. Maybe we'll see something catch fire, like a Daniel Bryan could have, or 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 uh, or somebody else could have. CM Punk could have, you know. Mm-hmm. But you have to let those shackles go because if the fear from Vince McMahon and his family is, we don't want any one wrestler outshining the sport or outshining WWE, then that that fear is going to restrict your own product from from being bigger than the NFL. When I was trying to work for the WWE in 2007 and 2002, I had a plan and an idea for the WWE to be bigger than the NFL, but now they're much smaller than the NFL because they've kept their wrestlers sedated. And and I just think we need a bolt of lightning and we need Vince to kind of wake up or just to move on and let someone else take over. So I'm going to leave you both with this, and this is just my opinion. I think the writing has been strong lately. We're in COVID era. But I will tell you both this. The road they're going down now, if fans come back, could be that bolt of lightning you're looking for. Roman Reigns has found himself in this niche where he is going to start wrestling his family and destroying his family, which ultimately will be a WrestleMania against Dwayne The Rock Johnson in the main event. That's my prediction, and that's the road I think we're going on. And please, let's not forget, Sasha Banks Bailey is one of the great storylines. When we look back at 60 years old and think about it, unfortunately, it wasn't put on in France, but this is one of the great storylines going on here. You've got two possible great matches that could maybe make one of the greatest WrestleManias in the history that we've ever seen. And that's just my opinion. Farrell? Yeah, I have a hard time with the sexiness. Uh, the sexiness of that WrestleMania match you're speaking of, The Rock versus Roman Reigns, is The Rock. The sexiness of Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant was, was of course, Hulk Hogan, but Andre was pretty damn sexy, too. I don't believe that Roman Reigns versus The Rock will be enough to make people go, oh, my God. Honestly, I think the wrestling community, and even ratings-wise, would be more interested in watching CM Punk come back and fight Triple H with a real personal grudge. So when I see you next... It's just my opinion. When Roman Reigns literally destroys Jey Uso to the point where he looks like he's dead. You should have asked, and me, Naomi, first. You should and have asked me first, though. Do I give a shit that Roman Reigns is wrestling Jey Uso? Because guess what the Pharaoh's answer is. Do you give a is? shit? No, I don't give what a shit. What if he destroys him? Good. Let him. And what if his wife comes in to save him? I hope his brother comes down and What if his wife comes in to save him and he takes fa- care of his this wife? This is going to sound strange. You can let the whole family go out there. He could light up a Samoan barbecue and just have it all. I don't care. I just don't care. Well, with that, that's Mike Monty. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Pharaoh who doesn't care. Mike Messier, our special guest, thank you for being on. And until next time, 
Later.